I can afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. A song away. A song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, your comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today, as always, in the producer chair is Kyle Dotson. Kyle, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, are you getting over, how are you getting over that, uh, that, uh, that breakup? For our guest, Kyle, was in, in, he was engaged for about, what, six days? And then, um, uh, and then your girlfriend no, like broke a, up with like you. a month. Yeah. A month. And then your girlfriend broke up with you. Uh, yeah. And her reason was, it's, uh, it's not me, it's you. Is that what she said? No, she was just like, nah. It's like, I don't know. Right. There was no real reason. Are we in contact with that person anymore? Uh, a little bit. I'm trying to get that ring back. Get the ring back and then go to Facebook and click a thing called block and then click a thing that says unfriend. I'm not like mad about it. And then move on. Well, you know what? Aren't you having like texting withdrawals or anything? Yeah. No. You're okay with it? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Don't cry. Don't, come on. Um, I wrote a book. You did write a book. called The Breakup Diary. This is, uh, oh. this is my guest today. This is, uh, this is Lisa Goich. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, and Pat. Tell us about your book. Um, a few years ago, I wrote a book called The Breakup Diary. It's a guided journal for people going through breakups. Perhaps I can help you. <laughs> How many breakups have you had in your a lifetime? <laughs> a lot. I've been on the receiving end more than I've been on the giving end. <laughs> Why is that? Why are you such a handful that people want to break I up with have you? I have no idea. Are you, are you like a Jennifer Aniston? You're a piece of work. You're hard to... You're, are you high maintenance? I must be a piece of work. I am not high maintenance. You don't seem that. like you're no, high maintenance. I'm not at all. And I, I'm not sometimes at all when you say that, that means like the person doesn't... I don't give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. But no, you look great you're always put together ah oh, sweet thank you and uh but uh but how long have you been married now uh set uh married 13 years been with my husband 17 years and he hasn't me, dumped me yet th- no and he's not going to no uh, he's too tired he's too lazy he's too tired to dump <laughs> me um so, and, and are you are you just lisa goich or do you go the three do you go lisa the mary goich andriatis andriatis no. I, I go lisa goich a lot yeah that andriatis that's a hell of a name to say it is i really was hoping for a smith or something when yeah. i married him lisa but. goich smith is the way to go <laughs> but i'm just gonna call you lisa goich lisa goich that's perfect that's me uh now lisa let me tell i want to tell a little bit about you a little bit about uh how i know you and I'm, i also want to say you're 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 one of the good things about Facebook, and here's oh. why I say that. Oh, jeez. Um, I've I think I met you about 25 years ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. And um, and uh, how long have you been in Southern California? Uh, 18 years. 18 oh, years. This month. This month. Yeah. I've been here 20 years. It was 20. It'll be 20 years in February. Mm-hmm. But uh, now we're. Uh, I consider you my friend, but we yes. never see each other. No, we don't hang out. No. And yet, I feel like I know everything that's happening that's in your because life because of Facebook. I am like the if someone biggest said, "Open book on the planet." But if someone said, "Hey, when's the last time you saw Lisa Goich?" I would, I would be like, two weeks ago." <laughs> but really, it's been like years and years and years. I saw her this morning after her gynecologist appointment. <laughs> but uh, we've—I know that we've both had uh, colonoscopies. I yes, know that. we had that. I, we each had a colonoscopy. I know that see. from Facebook. <laughs> I've had uh, one too. You've had one too. Yeah. Really? You had, to, you had to drink that stuff. Yeah. You're just you're just a youngster. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle's seventy four years old. <laughs> Why did you have to well. have a colonoscopy? Um, I was after the breakup. He just did it. He just did it because he wanted to compare yeah, pain. As part of it, say a little experimenting. Yeah, I just wanted some you know companionship. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I I had like some stomach stuff, and then yeah. they looked down. And they're like, oh, we don't know. Or they looked up, and they were like, we don't know. So, the procedure's uh, a piece of cake. 
Oh yeah, but the night before you have to drink a gallon of yeah, that's the worst of crud. You don't like water. You just told I don't me. like water. No, how could and you drink? A I gallon thought I was of... going to die, and I'm not kidding you. I was ready to go to the ER just to check myself was, uh, and to say I can't drink this stuff. Was uh, was Teddy around while you were drinking the stuff? Or oh did yeah, he make himself scared. Yeah, and it wasn't even the second half of drinking the stuff yeah. that's the problem to me. You know, it yeah. was the actual drinking, and it's thick and it's, it's gross. Thick, it's gr- and, and they it's go, like, "What flavor would you want?" It's no yeah, flavor. There's no flavor. There's no flavor. It's, it's like it just tastes like no matter what you. It just tastes medicine. Salty, it's like, soury, it's grossness. Like they took a, a gallon of water and put a teaspoon of milk and a little <laughs> and some salt in it and there's mm-hmm. and then cherry cher- there's no cherry oh there's no cherry no there was not and, uh, and you, I, uh, you close your nose you don't even drink like, I don't I, even think I got a flavor I, I think I just it was just like they just gave me whatever I didn't think I could get through it Mm-hmm. Drinking it But you have to Because you have the procedure The next day You have yeah, to do it and, and I'm an overachiever And I don't know about you But I want everything clean Because I did not want to walk in there And be that one person That yeah. had something wrong I'm like I'm going to have the best colon, colon ever. ever And <laughs> It was pretty good Could you say Let's put pictures up Of our colons <laughs> um, Okay so anyway Here's here's what I remember This is when I remember Meeting you I was on the Crack Me Up tour With uh, John Heffron Oh I know And uh, and I guess I guess Joel Speaking of breakups <laughs> Joel Zimmer, you broke up with Joel Zimmer? No, he broke up with me. You know what? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know what? I think that was a good thing. Yeah, better end um, of the deal I got. But I remember we, I don't even, we were in Michigan for some, maybe a stopover or something. I know, I know we met you somewhere and I remember we were driving somewhere and I said, I'm going to drive with Lisa because first of all, I'm tired of driving with you guys. And second, Lisa's cuter. Nah. So, uh, and I think in that in that car is when you told me of your love of Alice Cooper. I think because music seems like a yeah, because we place start, to start. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. And now you've always liked Alice Cooper. Well, since I went from you know Bobby Sherman mm-hmm. to uh, Donny Osmond, mm-hmm. David Cassidy, sort of in that same thing. Yeah. I think I went straight from Donny Osmond to Alice Cooper. It was literally like I moved. Changed houses. Mm-hmm. I tore every poster down off my wall from Donny Osmond. Yeah. Couldn't be sweeter. Slapped up Alice Cooper. My mom bought had a heart attack. Well, because Alice Cooper, he's not, he's not a cute guy. No. Well, yeah, I mean, no. He, he can in, clean, in the you, traditional you, sense, right, not you can, cute. You can clean him up, and he can look. Yeah. Oh, Alice looks pretty good. But yeah. he's not like he's not like in the in the realm of a Donny Osmond. Oh no, no. And I was only I was young. I, yeah. was, I was maybe ten. I mean, imagine. Yeah, you're, you're, what, what? your parents are worried. Yeah, because I don't... And it's because I had this very fast girlfriend, um, Janet Lanzon. Oh, I wish I could have met yeah. her when we were she in Michigan. Was, <laughs> <laughs> she was, uh, she was uh, one of 14 children. Okay. And she was second from youngest. Sounds like her mom was a little bit fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she was to, the second I'll have from, to block her on Facebook when this thing... Uh, <laughs> she was the second... Okay, no, where, where did she fall in the 14... She was second from youngest, so okay. she had what would that be? Twelve siblings older oh, than so she was. So her parents aren't even keeping tabs on her. Yeah, at all. no. So she, you know, she did everything. She smoked the pot. She did the stuff. She was, she was mean, kind of. You oh, know, she man. used to beat me up, sorta. And where is she now? Um, she's in Detroit. And how's she doing now? Mm, I can't quite tell. I guess she's doing okay. All right. She's still fast. She hasn't. News? She hasn't met Alice Cooper. Yeah. I have. Now I know you have. Now we're, um, we're going anyway, to get to that too. But keep yeah. Going. So she loved Alice Cooper okay. because, like, she had older siblings that were right. that were in you know, like fans. Yeah. And so because Janet liked him, I started listening to him, and then I felt I should like him. But then I really started liking him. Yeah. It wasn't just because of Janet because I was trying to please her. 
Um, as my friend, so she wouldn't beat my, me up. My uh, Pilar has m- many, many friends of the same ilk as you do when she was growing up. People that were mean to her, but she didn't know why she still stayed friends with them and all right. that kind of stuff. And look at, and Pilar's done pretty well in her life. And so so see what happens? Not to sound say? sexist, but that's like a girl thing. It might be a girl thing, maybe. It might be. Maybe boys aren't the same. I had a girl once, this girl, Cheryl, she just passed away last year mm-hmm. and I saw it on Facebook and I went, mm. You know, um, you, you were okay with her going on to the great. Yeah, I'm sorry to say that, but she once put me in a barrel. <sighs> this, um, like those, you know, those cardboard barrels that like are industrial. They might this? put screws or something in them. I don't know. She put me in this cardboard barrel and and put dog poop in the barrel. Oh my god! And she and Wendy Wadika, my other friend, who was not very and nice to the me. The names always get better. <laughs> yes. Wadika. Wendy Wadika put the lid on the top, and they rolled me down the driveway into the street in the barrel full of dog poop. Yeah. Yeah, that that woman lived too long, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> See? That's terrible. Well, I understand Wadika. She had to establish dominance, or else she's going to get made fun of. A <laughs> that's lot. true because right. of that name. Wow. Yeah. That's so unbelievable. That's what I'm saying. Uh, let me touch on some more Lisa <laughs> Goich things. I moved here. I arrived in L.A. in um, in Feb- on February 16th of 1995. The last stand-up show I did in Chicago was with you mm-hmm. on February 14th, 1995. We were at Zany's, and you were doing that. What was the name of that show you did? It was male-female show? Oh, yeah, uh, with Kevin Kramis. Yeah, the, and uh, he couldn't do it, and you asked if I would do yes, it. And I go, the, oh, all right. I forget. The, oh, duh. I can't forget, think of the name. It was a... It was like a he said, she said show, but yes, that yes. wasn't it. It was, the, I can't think of it now. But anyway, it was a show about couples, the yes, love, yeah. love, And we, uh, did it on, we did it on Valentine's Day. Yes. 1995. And, and it was a good show. It was a good show. And then I left the club. Mm-hmm. I went uh, to my friend's house, packed up my stuff and drove to Los Angeles. <gasps> no way. Yeah. So that was like the last. Oh my uh, goodness. The last. And then you followed me here two years later. See. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Well, wait, two years. So you said 95? 95, I got here. When I think I have my number wrong. 96. 96. Okay, So a year how later. long have I been here? 19 years almost. 19, yeah. Oh. It'll be 19 for you, 20 for me. Whoa, I didn't realize I was here that long. Crazy. Oy. Since you've been here, you, you've had some really cool jobs. Yeah. Right? You I, were, were you, were you Carol King's personal assistant or just worked in the assistant. office? personal assistant. I was uh, like an all, you know, gal uh, Monday through Friday. I did everything. I did her social networking. Mm-hmm. I did um, all of the research for her website when mm-hmm. they first did the big Carol King website. So I went yeah. through all of her archives and discography and everything, and I got to sort of research all that. Then I would do things like, you know, filing and whatever, scanning. And, and is that, was that the connection? Is that how you met Teddy? I no, don't know how you no, met. No, I met Carol through Teddy. You met Carol I met, through Teddy? Yes, I was working. Teddy was her touring keyboard player. Yes. Teddy was, was um, Carol King's touring keyboard player. And I uh, met Teddy while I was working at KLSX on okay. air. Um, it was talk at the time. It was called Real Radio. And who did he come in with? Um, he didn't come in with anybody. Okay. I, we were doing the, the um, Howard Stern m- movie premiere for Private Parts. Okay. And we did the LA, um, what do you call it, you know, premiere. Yeah. And uh, we were supposed to introduce... Slash's Blues Ball, which was the band that Teddy was the lead singer in, my right. partner and I. I did not know this. My partner was sort of trying to 
jack me out of my job all the time because mm-hmm. he didn't want a partner. Yeah. And so he purposely didn't tell me that I had to be there early and that we had to introduce this band. So here I am with uh, Sean Kanan. Do you know Sean Kanan from General Sean Hospital? Kanan. No. He was kind of hot. He was my date, I guess. All right. And um, so I here we are. We're dilly-dallying. We go to dinner, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Come to the thing. And my boss starts yelling at me, you were supposed to introduce this man. You were supposed to be here. Uh, whatever. So um, after the show is over, my partner, JD, comes up to me and he said, uh, the band wants to meet you. They listen to our show all the time and come downstairs. So I was talking to Kato Kalin at the time. I'm only dropping that name because it's just such a funny reference. No, no, you have to drop these names. It's I mean, that's just a funny reference. Yeah. I'm talking to Kato Kalin. I'm like, excuse me, Kato, I'll be right back. Gotta go meet the band. So um, I go to meet the band. Oh, here's how dumb I was. I thought, you know, the band's called Slash's Blues Ball. I'm thinking that means Slash is the lead singer of the band. Well, I would think that too. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's So fine. I'm watching the band the whole night thinking yeah. the guy that's singing is Slash. It's, it's Slash, but it's not. Yeah, no. So this guy's <laughs> like, oh my God, I love your show. I listen to it all the time. I'm like, hey, thanks Slash. He's like, oh, I'm not Slash, I'm Teddy. And so um, I thought <laughs> my now husband yeah. was Slash. Yeah. And so he thought that was kind of endearing that I had absolutely no sometimes, clue. Sometimes at night, do you still think he's Slash? <laughs> I'd like to pretend. Pretend like he's Slash. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, just put on that hat. Just so uh, how, dejected, how dejected was he when you said, hi, Slash? <laughs> he didn't care. He didn't care. No, he thought it was cute because I was the only person there that wasn't like, oh, you know, Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Everybody else was like going for Slash. slash. And here I am going for Teddy thinking he was Slash. slash. <laughs> But um, anyway, so uh, we talked to the band and then we ended up having them in the next day on our show as guests. And we all went out afterwards for uh, drinks or something Mm -hmm. down the street. And um, and then Teddy sort of asked me out. He's like, hey, how about I bring you breakfast this weekend? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so romantic. Whoever does that. Nobody ever does that. Right. (laughs) Brings you breakfast. Whatever. So um, it's, you know, Wednesday comes, I hear nothing. Thursday, I hear nothing. Friday, I hear nothing. Saturday, Sunday, nothing. Monday, I get to the station. I'm pissed. And I'm like, you know, yeah. And I hear nothing from them. And so we get on the air and our first topic is, um, why do guys say they're going to do something and then they just flake? I'm over it. I'm yeah. totally over it. So did you, did you drop his name? Oh yeah. I told a whole story oh, right, right there. That's fantastic. So all of a sudden, Nicole, our screener is pounding on the glass, right? She's pounding on the glass and she's like, he's on the phone. He's on the phone. And I'm like, oh my goodness. You so said, our Hi, first caller, so our first caller, look at it slash on the phone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so our first caller was him saying, oh my goodness, I totally forgot. And, and you know, I had to go to Santa Barbara or whatever. And, and he's like, can you, will you let me make it up to you? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's ask the callers. Good for you. So my second date, well, my first date mm-hmm. really was um, caller driven. Caller's choice. Yeah, it was caller's <laughs> choice. Should I go out with them or should I not? <laughs> and yes, one. What and was the percentage? So, what was the percentage um, of yeses? It was about, uh, well, it was close because many people said no, forget him. You know, <laughs> move on. He's not on. worth it. He's not he's worth, not worth it if he's going to forget that. I don't. Um, I don't want to talk about too much about Teddy because we, that, Murray and I oh, both, yeah. we want to have Teddy on this show. Oh yeah, and that's get the fine. Teddy story, but we, I do want to say, cut to you start dating Teddy. You guys uh, eventually get married, mm-hmm. and then years in, into the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. He gets the call to go on tour with Alice Cooper. That's I about cra- die. That's I crazy. Know. Yeah, I about die. Because now you know Alice Cooper. 
Right. And I'm the one, by the way, who had to feed Teddy all of the music, mm-hmm. had to tell him what the songs were, right. had to make sure he was playing them correctly. <laughs> had to tell him to stop wearing that black eye makeup because that's what Alice did. <laughs> you can't, to, said, you, can't Alice. you can't bring your snake on stage, Teddy. This is what Alice does. <laughs> Teddy, you can't, you can't cut your head off and hang yourself. <laughs> no, and, can't do it anymore. Uh, so I was sort of his mentor so, when he started working with Alice and I was so excited. You know, I had met Alice once mm-hmm. in my life. Right. Um, at a radio station thing in Detroit. And that was like so exciting. Uh-huh. I could barely even believe I met him. Right. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was, I, I remember driving home that day, just like, I don't know. Have you ever done something like that? Like something so cool. And, and then you're in your car afterwards and you're just smiling and you're so happy and you can't believe yes, your and I, luck. And I can tell you what it was, but with on, uh, one of the, one of the, the uh, first biggest guest I had on this show mm-hmm. was Melissa Etheridge. Oh, cool. And right. On, and on the drive home after that, I just, my face was hurting. I was smiling like yes. the Joker. I was just like, yes. and I just had to call everyone. Melissa Etheridge just did our show and she was so cool and she was so nice and she talked for 90 minutes. It was just, yeah, it feels really cool. Yes. So same that's how thing. you felt. That's how I felt. I couldn't stop smiling. And I'm like, I cannot believe any, he like took the picture with me where he was like choking me. And that was at the time when you had to like go develop your pictures. Right. So I immediately like take up thousand other pictures so I could just waste the film. film. Take it to the drugstore. And I'm like, now get this in the two hours. I need it now. Um, and so, you know, I, w- I, could, I couldn't even believe my luck. Well, then, you know, I hadn't seen, I, I'd gone to some concerts right. in between then, but I'd never met him or anything. And so then Teddy starts playing with him. And suddenly I'm going to like rehearsals and then there's Alice Cooper and I'm mm-hmm. trying really hard to be cool and fanning myself. Right. And, oh yeah. Hi. You know, I like your music. It's good. Um, you know, and, and um, then finally I had to fess up to him. I said, you know, you, I met you once at a radio station and I brought my giant package of Everything. crap to sign. And um, I mean, here's, here's how much I liked Alice. When I was a kid, uh, you know, tennis, whatever, I saw my first um, Alice Cooper concert um, was uh, Welcome to My Nightmare. Um, no, School's Out was my first, was my first concert. Um, because it was in 1972, I was 10. Who took you to that? My cousin, Linny, um, she took me and, um, she was like an older, cool cousin and you know, she smoked pot and stuff too or whatever. Did she smoke pot at the concert with you? I think she was because I smelled the stuff, but I didn't know really what it was. And, um, I remember smelling that smell and she really had fun. And, um, that was, that, that were the times when, uh, people didn't really care about kids. No, they didn't really care. I know that my mom sent me off with cousin Lenny to go to a concert to see Alice Cooper of all things. Right. So, um, I saw that concert and I was, you know, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'd never been to a concert and it was just the coolest thing Mm -hmm. ever. Um, and I remembered because he didn't sing the songs the same. That was, you know, he was kind of in his drunk stage then. And I didn't know from drunk. What did I know? Right. And you don't know that um, Lenny's uh, hitting the pipe yeah, I, next to you. I didn't know <laughs> that either. So I remember trying to, I'm singing along with the mm-hmm. songs and they weren't the same words. And I'm like, why aren't these the same words? Yeah. Like that he sings on the album and he'd like so, sort of start fading out and like, not really. He wasn't like, uh, they didn't have teleprompters back then to keep no, these guys on track. No, they did not So it was a little weird in that sense. Um, anyway, so, uh, I, I, the, the Detroit free press or news, the Detroit news wrote a piece about him in their Sunday, you know, the magazine section thing. And it was mean. It was like a mean review of the show. And it was really, and it called him no good, rotten and crude, something (laughs) like that. And I, Lisa Goich, the budding journalist decided to write my first letter to the editor. Rebuttal. Yeah. 
and, you know, slamming this writer and saying, I saw the show and it was great. And Alice Cooper is not something about, you know, you called him no good, rotten and crude, which I'm sure he isn't. Those are my words. (laughs) And I, I tried to find that thing for here and I could not find it, it, which pains me because it was, I had it in my memory box for the longest time. Well, if you come, if you find it before the show posts, you can, you can put it on our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I'm sure I put it somewhere safe Mm -hmm. and now I don't know where that safe place is. And so I'm, it's, it's could be lost forever. Um, anyway, so cut to like two years later now, now I'm budding. I'm, I'm a teen I'm Mm preteen and, um, it's the, uh, welcome. Well, it was a few more, it's about three years later. Um, it's the welcome to my nightmare tour. And now I'm like crushing on Alice Cooper. Now it's beyond like, I like his music. Now I'm finding him hot. I know, whatever. Um, (laughs) just (laughs) don't judge. So, uh, I go to his concert and I find out that his lead, his dancer in the show Mm -hmm. is this woman, Cheryl Goddard, who's a ballerina. Right. And, um, and I took ballet at the time. I'm like, Oh, I never imagined that you could be a ballerina in a rock and, show and dance in an Alice Cooper show. Right. Like how cool would that be? I was so jealous of this girl's gig. Right. And then like in 17 magazine or 16 magazine or whatever, you know, there were all these, uh, you know, things that there was an article about her. Then the Detroit free press ran an article mm-hmm. about her that he started dating her. And there was a picture of them. I still have it like a stalker. <laughs> There's a picture of them like sitting at some softball game uh-huh. And they're like sitting, uh, he loved to play softball Yeah. and they used to have some sort of team for his Carlos and, um, Ch- Chili's at the Ch- Carlos and something, Carlos and Chili's. It was a restaurant that he was like part owner okay. of back in the day. And, um, and I think it was in Acapulco anyway. So they had a, a, a um, a team and here she is sitting on the thing with him and she was like, you know, older than mm-hmm. me at the time. Yeah. I was only 13. She was probably 18 or 19. Right. I don't know. And I was, oh man, now she's like going out with them and she takes the ballet and I was so jealous of this woman Then I find out they're getting married. Oh, it's so it's over. Right. Yeah, I'll done. never, I'll never have him again. Cut to now a million years later. Still married. I know. Yeah. yeah. First of all, they're still, still married. married. And so there's still cut, no shot for you. No cut to a million years later. I meet Cheryl for the first time, like meet her, like, yeah. you know, we're all at dinner or something right, somewhere. Right. And I, I'm still looking at her with that seething jealousy. You are so pissed off at this woman. <laughs> and she she is, stole your man. And she is the sweetest, mm-hmm. kindest, nicest. They're like born again Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her father was a pastor. I know everything about her, by the mm-hmm. way, when I meet her, which is right. creepy enough. <laughs> Have you ever told her these stories? You, yes, I finally okay. told her the story. I'm like, this is going to sound really strange, Cheryl, but I know everything about you and I know it's weird. But, um, you know, as a kid, I was quite jealous uh-huh. of you. And, uh, you know, now we're friends and she likes me and it's weird. It's weird that we're all friends, but and now you're friends with Calico. Oh yeah. Calico love Calico. Cooper. Oh, love Calico. She's, yeah. she's now in Alice's show. She's still in the show. Yeah. She's only, you gotta have Calico Cooper in here one day. Well, we're already covering all our old man stuff. I know. Well, you might have to do an adjunct show. Could she just come in and dance around while we record? <laughs> yeah, we could do that right now. Um, so, I should have thought about that beforehand. So Lisa, uh, Lisa's taken me to Alice Cooper shows. Mm-hmm. Lisa, we saw him at the House of Blues, which was one of my favorite times seeing him. Because um, that was an intimate show. That was an intimate show. And they did, he did that crazy effect where all these clowns came out and wrapped him up in a bag. And then they all <laughs> yeah. left and this guy's in the bag and then this cl- other clown comes out and he takes his clown head off and that was Alice and I was like I'm 
really close. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. That was crazy. Yeah, I don't know either. And uh, and then he you, likes those kind of tricks. And I think you got me tickets to me and Jimmy tickets to see him at Universal Amphitheater too with the Knack and the Donnas. Oh yeah. And then you took us backstage yes. at that show. Yes. And uh, Lisa helped me get Lita Ford on this show. She she helped me track down Elliot Easton for the show. Lisa's Lisa's Rolodex on music <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> But I, I don't I don't reach out too much because then I feel like well I'm I'm well you can music. reach out I know but I I you know since you know. we don't really hang out it's not like 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 if it was Murray I'd be like hey get this guy give me tell that him number to, yeah right now but um what was the the coolest thing was a couple weeks ago you were at a barbecue and oh. I saw these I saw these pictures <laughs> and only you would <laughs> yeah I saw these pictures and I'm like and I see this one guy in this picture and I'm like. That's Mike Campbell yeah. from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. So I messaged you and I said, were you at a barbecue with Mike Campbell? And what did you tell me? Yeah. Uh, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> and you talked to him about dogs. I talked to him about like dogs three hours. for like three hours. I had no idea. I thought it was just one of these like guys that might need some work that yeah. was just like hanging out at the pool. You thought he was <laughs> Slash, I think is what... <laughs> But yeah, I was like, what that? That's crazy. I like, didn't know. And then my friend who's a, my friend whose husband is a guitar tech for uh-huh. um, Neil Schoen right now, mm-hmm. but he was Slash's guitar tech for a million years. Right. Um, she's like a big guitarist fan. And so we're talking about something. And it, I don't know. I'm done. We're done. You know, Mike and I are done yeah. talking about the dog thing. I seriously thought he was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of musicians there and there's right. some who don't work at all. And then there's some. Who do work a little bit. And then there's Mike Campbell who doesn't stop working. Yeah, I know. And I didn't know that. I just, I I threw him in the pile with all the rest of them. And then Jennifer, my friend was like, do you even realize, do you know who that is? And she goes, I can't even believe that he's here. I go, who? She goes, that's Mike Campbell. And I'm like, she's like, you know, all the parts for this. She starts singing and I'm like, oh, I still don't quite know, but then of course I went home and I'm like on YouTube trying yeah. to figure out who he is, but Amazing. he's like really big. He's like, he's <laughs> like, he's, it, if, if it's Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, he's the Joe Perry to Tom yes. Petty's, I mean, even on Tom Petty's solo albums, Mike Campbell plays on all his albums. I mean, him and Tom are connected at right. the hip. They are the, they're the team. They're the team. I did not know that. They're Lennon and McCartney of are, the Heartbreakers. They are Lennon and McCartney. It's so funny that you did not yeah, know that. I didn't know that. There's been a lot of those, though. I've had many of those in my life. I just don't know. I, you know, Some people I know, mm-hmm. some people I don't know. Maybe right. that makes it better. Well, that's how you met your husband. I'm never a fan. You're you know? never a fan. <laughs> Except for Alice Cooper. I was a fan. Uh, I've met some other people. Uh, I have to try to think. You're. It's too crazy how many... It's like... <laughs> I think the last time I actually saw you was at the uh, the Carol King um, Walk of Fame ceremony when she was getting her. Star. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I had my head my tapestry album mm-hmm. there to get mm-hmm. signed, and then of course those dickheads that have like nine and ten albums with. Oh their, yeah, and the, you know, like Pardo says, yeah, you're one of those guys. Go, no, I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> I just want to get this signed. But see, I could do that for you. You know, I could have done that for you on the side. Right. You know, and I mean, maybe, maybe I still have you do that. But in that day, though, I was trying not, I was trying to avoid giving oh, her, like bothering her oh, because I know. I know she was so overwhelmed. Oh, and I would have with, never said, hey, slip that up stuff, there. I would have never done that. I don't even know if I said hi to her that day no. because no, you she were had very so low much key. on her yeah. uh, head. The whole family, all the daughters, the son, everyone was there. Everybody was there. Um, who was uh, Carol Bayer Sager was there mm-hmm. with her crazy plastic surgery? <laughs> That's a lot going on. And there. what about who was the, who's the uh, oh who's the the girl from Wicked? 
Oh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth. She did the um, skinniest person I've ever seen in my life. She is tiny, and she's got a lot going on in the plastic I mean, surgery her, zone. Her her jawline. She's like a skeleton. She yeah. looks like a cartoon. She's she does look really like a cartoon. And she looking. sounds like a cartoon. Yeah. They should do a Kristen Chenoweth cartoon. Yeah, they should. It's like an animated reality show. Yeah, really. Lou, like an Lou Adler. Reality. Lou Adler was there. Who produced Lou Adler Tapestry. was there. And I should have. I didn't. I was waiting so much for Carol. I just kind of. He just kind of walked away. No one even. And I'm like, I should have got him to sign this too. Yeah, that, Cynthia Weil and Barry Mann were there. <sighs> See, I don't know what they look like. Yeah, they're and, the other Brill Building uh, yeah. writers, and um, I think one of the who didn't die, Lieber and Stoller. One of the two were there. The mm. one that didn't die, I think Jerry Lieber died, um, but. You know, yeah, it was pretty good. What's up? What are you looking at? I was thinking we should play some music. Okay, we're getting into it. <laughs> oh yeah. So Jerry <laughs> Lieber, talk, Jerry Lieber died. Without music, is that why you're saying that? Yeah, it's almost thirty minutes. Okay. Oh. Well, Lisa's entertaining. <laughs> no, no, she's, it's she's fine. Did radio. Just, we should. We I don't could. know how much time we have. All right. Right. Well, I'm going to say for me, Alice Cooper. The first time I heard him was. I just bought the Alice Cooper Greatest Hits album when mm-hmm. I started collecting albums. I would. I was. I. I didn't know a lot about artist so I would I got like the Eagles greatest hits I had Fleetwood Mac rumors and that was one of the first albums I bought and that's when greatest hits albums were truly greatest, greatest hits, hits albums yeah like you listen to that you're like oh I know all these songs. every song you every knew. single song you knew and and that's just that's just and then from there I just started to seek out the individual albums and move mm-hmm. forward and then go backward and uh so we got a ton of music to play we have I have 50 songs queued up I don't know how many we'll get to Lisa gave me her list uh, I threw in some songs. I know there's some. There's a lost period of Lisa when she <laughs> when she's not into the into the Alice. Let's say that was eighty three, eighty six. I was in the uh, you know I love the Breakfast Club. Uh, the John Hughes music soundtracks. Yeah, at that the John point. Hughes music soundtracks. I think I went somewhere and I, I went wrong there. So let's hear let's hear the let's hear uh, a song from the debut Alice Cooper album. And this is when Alice Cooper wasn't a person. Alice Cooper was a band. Right. And the members of that band were, who are they? Glenn Buxton. Uh, Dennis uh, Dunaway. Dennis Dunaway. Um, uh, the, I'm going to be able to look right Wait here. a minute. Michael um, Bruce. Michael Bruce. And Neil Smith. And Neil Smith, right. Yeah. So this is the Alice Cooper uh, band mm-hmm. from the album Pretties for You. It was on uh, Frank Zappa's label. And this is, uh, and by the way, people, Alice Cooper has 26 solo albums. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Not yeah. solo albums, I mean 26 albums. Albums, right. Okay. So and you th- may recognize this song, by the way. People may recognize this. As another song. As another song. But let's hear it. This song mm-hmm. is called Reflected from Pretties for You. Look upstanding with your head held high. You will be reflected. You look outstanding with your eyes in disguise. couple of years later, Lisa, that uh, song gets rewritten and As becomes a song called Elected. Elected. And that was on the Love It to Death album from 1971. But and how great, because Elected became a little bit more uh, popular popular and usable. Yes, exactly. It's They're been, reflected. It's been, us- it's been used in Lord knows how many campaigns since then. That's right. <laughs> and uh, which is funny because you wouldn't think of anyone in politics <laughs> using an Alice Cooper song. No. You know, because he wouldn't seem like the person that you would want to. Hit, hit your wagon hit to your wagon as a, to as a, no. as a as a social servant. Is that even a word? No. I don't even, civil servant. <laughs> social you know servant. Talking, you know what I'm talking <laughs> That's about? It's completely different. Uh, okay, and this is from the uh, the second Alice Cooper uh, group album 
called Easy Action. This is called Refrigerator Heaven. I'm freezing, I'm frozen, I'm icicle blue. Snow, cyber, neurotic, technicians in view. psychedelic than later stuff yeah but it's also a reflection of songs that came later um like in welcome to my nightmare Mm -hmm. called ethel yeah um she you know it's called ethel see you in refrigerator heaven yeah there's a lot cool you're so i mean he has a thing with cold things yeah as much (laughs) as i'm not i'm not really a fan of these first two albums Mm -hmm. they they're really weird and they're very psychedelic but there's so many elements in these first two albums that like you said appear in other songs later but if you, if I listen, if you, if I would have heard this at one in 1969, it would have been five. So I would right. have hated it. You would have hated it. But if I would have listened to the, if these would have been my first, uh, uh, introduction to Alice Cooper, I, I, I wouldn't have thought I would ever like him. Nor me. Cause neither one of those was my first introduction, no. but it was when I went back and I saw the, the, you know, um, similarities to other songs he did later. Right. That I was like, Oh, look at that. It was like the Genesis of this song yeah. that became such a hit later. And how crazy is that? You can't do that these days. No, no. You know, there's no Beyonce or anybody that's doing a song 12 years ago that comes back in another form right. later. No, it's not, uh, it's, it's not done. No, if you don't do great, your first album, forget about it. Yeah. So, so I can respect those first two albums, but, uh, but not, I'm not that big a fan of those first two albums. Well, this, I think the third album, Love It to Death, was when he got traction with the world. And hooked up with Bob Ezrin. Yes. And And Bob Ezrin was, was I think, what helped catapult his music. We we did a show, uh, we did uh, one of our topics once was third albums, how important sometimes third albums are, like Mm -hmm. Born to Run and Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes. And there's just a a million where the third album was like, that's the big breakup. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with uh, Love It to Death. So I have, uh, we have quite a few tracks. Let's hear I picked a song that uh, is called "Caught in a Dream" mm-hmm. because everyone knows the hits. Mm-hmm. So let's throw them. Uh, let's throw these listeners uh, something they might never have heard. Cue this one. And so much better produced too. In his voice, yeah, is now Alice's voice, right? It's like that signature Alice sound mm-hmm. develops right there. Right to me. there. Yeah. I you're think right. the first two albums before, it doesn't sound like he sounds now. No, it's I hippy, dippy, trippy yeah, stuff. But this became, I think he found his place. Yeah. And that sound has carried on throughout yeah. all of the years. And Alice Cooper, uh, he, he sings like, there's like three different ways he sings. When he sings those ballads, his, his voice is kind of, it's not, doesn't have that right, like this. Right. He, like there's a couple different things that he can do. Mm-hmm. It's all Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. It's all different. But that's what I like too. I like these singers that can change their voice up a little bit. That's why I like Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. Oh, he yeah. totally can change his voice up. But let's uh, let's hit a couple uh, of the of the big hit songs on this album. Let's hear eight, I'm eighteen. Which Bob Ed- Ezrin thought they were singing I'm edgy. Right, isn't that funny? Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> And hands, lines fall from the ups and downs. 
Now, what would you rather hear now? Do you want to hear Is It My Body or The Ballad of Dwight Fry? Well, um, Is It My Body is my very favorite Alice oh, Cooper song. Well, then we song. have to hear that one. Yeah. And, but Ballad of Dwight Fry, I think people, I would just suggest that they listen to that on their own. Go find it somewhere online because it's a very complex song. And yeah. It's long and it's deep and it's yep. a really awesome song. Um, and it really is sort of a, you know, autobiographical song of Alice, I think. You and know? it's creepy. And it's creepy. So um, I suggest people can listen to that one on their own. But okay. this is my favorite okay. Alice Cooper song of all time. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> what have I got that makes you want to love me? Is it my body? Someone I might be. So uh, this album was released in February 1971, mm-hmm. and then that same year, we get Killer in November 71. I like, used to like that, too, when bands, bands would release two albums in one in year. One year crazy. I know. I They'd know. be touring, re- release an album, keep touring, another album comes out, keep touring. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And if this one's full of hits, too. It is full of hits. This says, Under My Wheels, Be My Lover, Desperado. Dead Babies, <laughs> yeah, which, uh, which Lisa had on a list, and I go, oh, that song creeps me out too much. i got to remove that I song. I was so young. Let's see, 71, I was uh, nine, um, but I think I probably started, you know, it was about 10 when I liked him, but the fact that that song Dead Babies resonated with me for some reason it's really, weird. really freaks me out, and I'm not sure why, because it's a really bad song. You know, little Betty ate a pound of aspirin. She got it from the shelf upon the raw. Yeah. Betty's mother wasn't there to save her. She didn't even hear Betty call. This is the thing. When, 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 he, gets <laughs> creep, when he gets creepy, he sings about like real stuff. Yeah. That, could tell, that probably has happened. That yeah. could happen. Yeah. You know, your kid gets a hold of something, eats it, and dies. Yeah. Let's write a pop How song. Weird is that? It's very strange. <laughs> but uh, let's give you, uh, let's, from Killer, let's hear, uh, this is one of my favorites, Be My Lover. One of mine too, Pat. I love this because he says his own mm-hmm. name in it. I know, and he says Detroit City. That's true. She struts into the room. Well, I don't know her, but with a magnifying glance, I just sort of look her over. We have a drink or two. Well, maybe. We didn't get to the part where she asked me why the singer's name was Alice, right. but I just love, I love this song. That is funny, right? And, and I told her that I came from Detroit City, and I'd always go, woo, me too. <laughs> and he doesn't change that up when he goes other places. He doesn't say, he doesn't throw another city in No, there, but I've he? heard sometimes, yes, I've heard him sometimes use another city. 
Depending yeah, on and it really is. bums me out because yeah. I'm all I'm all up there like with the You're, I told her that I came from uh, Detroit City and then he's all of a sudden going Cincinnati. <laughs> and then I'm like, "No." That's so funny when I when I was a when I was a, you know, a kid, you know, 8th grade, ninth grade and I was listening to I was listening to Alice Cooper or Kiss. My parents thought that it was the worst sounding crap out there. <laughs> you listen to Be My Lover. It's got a nice guitar there. Right. It's got there's it's good music. I know and but back then it was like this is evil mm-hmm. devil music. And it's and like it's, so passive now. Right. Was it I mean, just because how they looked? Maybe it was how they looked. I think it was how they looked and maybe his stage thing, but maybe the words be my lover. Yeah, maybe like, that that's was... dirty. I was just listening to us uh, speaking of Beyonce. I brought Beyonce up three times. Yeah, trust she's me, coming in. Why. She's going to be in here in about five is she minutes. Be coming? Yeah. <laughs> she's our special guest. <laughs> well, that would be crazy. But she's got a new song out with, uh, what's her face? Uh, Nicki Minaj. Uh-huh. And uh, one of my friends on Facebook posted it was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is the best. So I'm like, I got to listen to this, okay. right? You know, I work for the Grammys. I should be a little bit uh, hip, hip on the music, yeah. you know, even though I do jazz, which is, you know, n- not in the pop realm. But um, by the way, people, jazz is five guys all playing something different. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so, um, so I start listening to this song and I'm like, it's all about, you know, spanking and stuff and this and that. And I'm like, whoa. You take a song like "Be My, My Lover, Lover," nothing N- compared yeah. to music. These and these are two girls singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A song that's all you know, ho and this and that, and and it's like, and and why people like that music, I'm not sure. It's not resonating with me. No, I'm not it doesn't thinking, resonate with me. Either. I don't have like a oh yeah that 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 hits me here. You right. know, it reminds me of whatever. I know it doesn't. It does, it's not something that's like oh that song's going to take me back. Yeah. To when no. I was uh, no. a hoe. Yeah, no. There's a guy named Molly Music. Have you heard of this guy? I've not heard of Molly Music. Um, you would love him. He started as a gospel guy. We just had him at our office um, working. But he talks about that where he tries to bring back into. He just said little, you know, little R and B, hip hop sort of influence in his music and gospel definitely. But trying to bring back the good message to the kids, right? Not just the bad words. And we heard him at our office. He sings ballads. He's great. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, <laughs> let's move. I'm going to move the schools out because this is an anthem. This mm-hmm. song, even my kids know this song, Schools Out. Everyone knows the title track. Let's hear some of it. And those guitars. Come on. Oh, I know. It's crazy. When we got no choice. And it so makes sense that you would go, kids hate school. Let's write a song about school being out for the summer. Right. to play this on the last day of school we'd put the cassette in our, our and roll down the windows and drive out of the parking lot like a bunch of hooligans which right. we weren't and we're he, like, i know but you're like radical. yeah, yeah. But, and kids did it. and here's the thing because i think it's i think this is probably one of his most popular songs it's it's absolutely stood the test of time and um he's it's somebody had once asked him what 
inspired him to write this song. Mm -hmm. And he said, when answering the question, what's the greatest three minutes of your life? Somebody said, and then Alice said, there's two times during the year. One is Christmas morning when you're just getting ready to open the presents. The greed factor is right there. The next one is the last three minutes of the last day of school when you're sitting there and it's like a slow fuse burning. I said, if we can catch that three minutes in a song, it's going to be so big. They did it and they did it in three minutes. I mean, because remember that feeling? It's like, oh my gosh, in three minutes, I'm going to have nothing to do. I don't know why we just didn't get up and leave. They weren't going to do anything no, to you. What can they do to you? We're out. Uh, you Lisa, have detention next year. Okay. okay. Uh, Lisa, you also picked another song off this album called Gutter Cat versus the Jets. Let's listen to a little bit of that. I don't know if you've ever heard any Gilby Clark solo stuff, but that song always reminds me of like something Gilby should have covered if he hasn't yet. Tell him. I know. When, I should tell him. When he's at a barbecue at it's your house, <laughs> call him on your phone and tell him he's in your Rolodex. He's in my Rolodex. Uh, so we, uh, we jumped to, we jumped to 73 with billion dollar babies, which I think is uh, one of the albums that people would put up there as one of the top. Oh yeah. Alice and Cooper so albums. many good songs yeah. on this one. Hello, hooray, elected billion dollar babies. No more Mr. Nice guy. We're not going to play any of those. We're going to play a little deeper in this. We're going to play unfinished sweet. <sighs> Love the song. And sweet is S W E E T. Yes. Let's hear it. so good everything about it is good the guitars the drumming everything just sounds like they're working as a unit right it's really good and later in that song i don't know there's a dentist drill that comes in uh and it's like he's screaming and the dentist drill is like and i would always like oh that's oh yeah so eddie van halen eddie van halen who uses a power drill on pound cake yes we had a drill way back in 1973 it was the dentist drill well i'm gonna say eddie Eddie van halen Mm -hmm. stole that I think so. All right. Let's hear a Generation Landslide from Billion Dollar Babies. Another Lisa pick. Another this great is, song. I love this song. This is a great The Lord above can see you. Don't you know people are starving in Korea. Alcohol and razor blades and poison and needles. Kindergarten people, they use them, they need them. The overindulgent machines were their children. There wasn't a way. Destroy. 
So we've had uh, four albums in a row produced by Bob Ezrin, mm-hmm. who you would say is the sixth member of the Alice yes, Cooper I would band. Say, right. <laughs> and then we cut to uh, 1973. And again, two albums in 73, mm-hmm. Billion Dollar Babies in February, and then Muscle of Love in November. And Muscle of Love is produced with a guy named Jack Richardson and a guy named Jack Douglas. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jack Douglas worked with Aerosmith and Cheap Trick. And now we're going to see what he can do when he works with the Alice Cooper band. And uh, let's hear, I got three songs here. We got, uh, let's hear the first one, Never Been Sold Before, which is a song that I just rediscovered in preparing for the show. So let's hear it, mm-hmm. Never Been Sold Before. Sound sounds a little fatter. Yeah, it's a little, little different. You can tell the difference yeah. between it. It's a little. I think. Uh, I, I think the Bob Ezrin stuff is a little maybe pop. It is more poppy. And this, this is a little is, heavier. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. And do you know Jack Douglas? Do you know that he did a lot of work with John Lennon too? Yeah, he produced the Double Fantasy. Yeah, and, and yeah, uh, lots of stuff. And Imagine and um, worked with the Knack. Yeah, and Knack I think album. he had done so, like I don't know why I'm thinking he was with them when when John Lennon. He was. I think he, he was, was with them, right? Yeah. When when John Lennon was. Uh, I think they had just left the studio yeah. and then killed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Little Jack trivia. Doug, yeah, a little trivia. Jack Douglas, big in music. Mm-hmm. Let's hear, uh, let's do a uh, double shot then. Let's hear the title track, Muscle of Love, and then go into Teenage uh, Lament 74. Also, this is how big Alice Cooper is at that time. Uh, unique packaging on this album. It comes in a corrugated cardboard box. Yeah, cool, right? And it looks and it says this carton. It says attention. This carton contains one Alice Cooper muscle of love. It says fragile, and then it's like it has like uh, it looks like something was leaking in there. It's mm-hmm. like wet at the bottom. It's uh-huh. really, it's it was, really. It was really cool packaging. It's really cool. It's kind of yeah. gross. It's yeah. It was really awesome. Uh, and now let's listen to. He's a, always been like he's always just a trendsetter, you know. Yeah, and, pushing it a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Let's do that. Uh, let's try. Uh, I love this song, "Teenage Lament," 1974. What a drag it is, these golden men jeans. See, this is that other Alice voice. Mm-hmm. Is this the coolest way to get through your teens? Well, I cut my hair with a red that it was in. I look like a rooster that was drowning rich again. What are you going to do? So uh, that was from Muscle of Love. Then what happens is 1975, Alice Cooper is now, it's not the band anymore. Mm-mm. It's now 
Alice Cooper is Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. Right. He's a, this is a this is a solo album now. He's gone solo. Mm-hmm. Got rid of the band, which is weird because there's such a unless there was infighting or stuff I don't have not read about. He just wanted to do something different. I think it. Yeah, I think he just wanted to go a different way and and um, explore this, which was you know he's very big on. Um, you know, horror movies yes. and vaudeville mm-hmm. and, and the craziness of that. And I think this project gave him a chance to express that side of him. Yep. This was a movie. It was a, an album. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, there still was a band involved because a band played on right, it. Right, right. But just but, more session type people. Yeah. And he was more a character. Yes. In this play. So yeah, definitely Welcome to My Nightmare. It's much more theatrical. Uh, as we are saying, he, he becomes like the focal point and the centerpiece, and he's definitely more of a character. Mm-hmm. And then this carries over into uh, into the next album too, I think, with Alice Cooper goes to hell. So let's hear uh, let's hear go to hell. And then, um, so Lace and Whiskey, I'm not a big fan of that. You said, uh, we've talked before, you said that you are, uh, you, you do like this album. Oh, I love this album because I love, um, I love It's Hot Tonight. He, again, he's a character in this, yes. you know, he's, he's like the, uh, you know, detective. Detective, hard boiled. 40s detective yeah. guy. And, and the picture on the album cover is great. He's, his hair's like all, if it's long, it's all tucked back. Yeah, so it's like, it just looks, looks like it's short and he's got the hat on. And yep. I think, again, he loves those old movies. Mm-hmm. And this is just a version of him that right. he wishes he could be. And this has a, has a gigantic hit with you and me. <sighs> Such a pretty song. It is beautiful. But we're going to play a song Lisa likes a lot. It's called It's Hot Tonight. Okay, now, after this, this is the last Bob Ezrin album for a while, and this is when Alice's career gets crazy, gets different, gets more drug-induced. Yes. And uh, so we're going to, Lace and Whiskey was 1977, we go to 1978, and he's going to work with producer David Foster. Isn't that the weirdest combination of two? I mean, you would think of David Foster, he's like a soft rock Producer. Yeah, and I think of him now. I'm thinking of current day David Foster, who keeps working with all of the you know oh, these little pop stars, and, and, the, and he works with Barbara Streisand, and Barbara Celine Streisand, Dion, right. and then he, you know, a couple of years after this Alice Cooper album, he produced all the big, big '80s Chicago hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, so to work with David Foster, maybe that was the most rock and roll thing he could think of to do. Yeah, uh, he also writes these songs. All the songs are written with Elton John's lyricist. Mm-hmm. Bernie Toppin. Bernie Toppin. They were friends. And did you see Super Duper Alice Cooper? The, I just um, watched it a couple weeks ago. Yes, yeah, I did. And, and the uh, Bernie Toppin had quite a role in uh, 
uh, Alice Cooper, uh, you know, Drugs? and his cocaine addiction. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Bernie. Yeah. And I don't even, th- <laughs> who thinks about that? I think of Bernie Toppin and I think of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and all these I things. I don't want to know that Bernie Toppin's doing the cocaine. No, Bernie, come on. But, uh, so this album, this is a concept album. It's about being in a, in the, in the, uh, in the loony bin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's listen to, uh, let's start out. Let's listen to the title track. Let's listen to from in, the, uh, from the inside. I got lost on the road somewhere. Was it Texas or was it Canada? Drinking whiskey in the moonlight. I worked the stage all night long. So also uh, lots of studio musicians on this band on this album. He's got Steve Lukather, uh, he's got Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick, Davey Johnstone from the El- uh, from the mm-hmm. Elton John band. He's got uh, guys from Toto. He's got D Murray from the Elton John band. Lee Sklar on bass. Jim, I mean, it's loaded Jim with Keltner like really drums. amazing musicians. It is. It is. And but it's uh, not one of my favorite albums, oddly enough. And I like all the people that are on it. So yeah. I'm not. Uh, I know. I don't know why it's not connecting with me. But. It's uh, it's different. It's mm-hmm. not. It's more. It's, it is mellower. Mm-hmm. And yet it has songs like this one. Let's hear. Uh, Wish I was born in Beverly Hills. album might sound too slick for you, Lisa. Yeah. Maybe it's too slick. I like it dirtier. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> she rolled down in a barrel with dog poop. That's how dirty she is. Oh, let me hear the chorus. That's really good. Lisa hates this album. I don't okay. hate it. I know. Um, I like that song. I like that song. I know okay. that is good. It has, it has, and, yeah. and you, you liked Nurse Rosetta? Yeah. And you yeah, told me Steve, Steve Lukather plays on that. And I love Steve. He's a friend of ours too. Oh, of course he is. Jesus good Christ. Friend. Here we go. <laughs> he likes to talk, doesn't he? Steve loves to talk. He's been on tour a lot. When he comes back, he's been, you know, playing with Ringo and with Toto this, this, uh, year. Double tour. It, his the nickname, double tour. His nickname's Luke. Isn't that what, Luke, the, the guy what they call in him. the, I would like to talk to him. Luke. I'll have to talk to you about that. Okay, so then the next album mm-hmm. is, it's a new wave album. Flush the Fashion. Yes. Roy Thomas Baker, who worked with uh, The Cars and Queen and Journey and, and, and Foreigner, he produces this album. It's, it, the album's 28 minutes and 29 seconds. And Roy Thomas Baker likes to do a thing where he crossfades songs. So literally, there's not like a break between hardly any of these songs. They just like fade right into the next song. And uh, Alice still pulls a hit out of this, a minor mm-hmm. hit with a song called Clones. I'm a clone, and I'm fine. I'm running more of the way. I'm too doctor, he's on the line. We'll take incubation another day. 
It was a perfect song for that time. Like yeah, it's they, good. they really did a good job of melding into that era. <laughs> I love this. I love this whole album, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flo and Eddie sing background oh, vocals yeah, yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, Flo's uh, wife, uh, Emily Volman, was here once. She was oh. my guest co host, Emily no Volman. Yeah. And uh, here's a song I like. This is one of those evil, creepy songs called Pain. three albums these are the lost years these are the albums that alice i think admits that he doesn't even remember recording them mm-hmm. and those albums are special forces mm-hmm. zipper catches skin and dada and um it's probably why i got lost too yeah, he didn't even why. know he was recording no. them <laughs> it's funny he's still on warner brothers records because mm-hmm. at that time uh if you build up so much uh goodwill in the past they 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 let you Mm -hmm. Well, maybe he knows what he's doing, but he's working with people like, you know, he just got done working with uh, Bernie Toppin and David Foster and Bob Ezrin. Now he's working with people. I don't even know. Like the guy who produced special forces is named Richard P O D O L O R. I don't even, I can't even pronounce it. I don't know who that is either. No, but, uh, uh, as uneven as these records are, they still have a couple of gems on each one. So let's just fly through these. Let's hear, uh, from special forces. We're going to hear, who do you think we are? And then we're going to hear, because uh, Alice has a great sense of humor, we're going to hear a song called Prettiest Cop on the Block. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go with Who Do We Think We Are. I'm carnivorous. And I think he was trying to keep a little bit of the new wavy sound because it's mm-hmm. very, very tinny, very trebly. There's not, it almost sounds like just guitar and, and, and drums. Mm-hmm. But this is, I love this song. This is a funny song. This is a prettiest cop on the block. I'm six foot three with a fist like a hammer. And I work with the vice walk when I can. When I pull out my bag, they forget all my glamour. Surprise, take a seat, you're me, it's the first, I'm the man. I'm the prettiest cop on the block, essential souls on fire. Yes, I'm the prettiest cop on the block, I'm cool and I'm so mean. I'm the prettiest cop on the block, I can't come your desire.
My kids are confused and my wife is in shock. <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, and then this is from Zipper Catches Skin. This is called Adaptable. If you were Lucy, I'd be your Ricky. When you get juicy, I'd get real sticky. Oh. When you're magic, it makes Again, it rhymes. Yeah. Great chorus coming up. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Sony. So um, there's there's footage in uh, Super Duper Alice Cooper, and you can also see it on YouTube, of him from this time period on the Tom Snyder show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, so great! But he looks horrific. He Hor- looks. I know. He's got like a, his hair's like up on top of his head in chopsticks. His makeup it looks like he just put his hands in makeup and then just ran it over his face. But like, that was during his bad period. His really he bad was period. Really bad drugs and should have. He was a little crazy. Should have died. Probably yeah. should have died. Right. But he didn't. But uh, it's so funny to think of him that way because now he's so like squeaky clean yeah, and golf dad and yeah. golfer and religious. Well, it's, and it's, I don't even I can't even fathom him being like really drunk. Like I, I, I think of it as like he was just playing another part. It's I, I you know, I'm not a big religious guy, but it's almost like he he reached out and said to God because he's religious mm-hmm. And said, you need to help me. Mm-hmm. I'm putting myself in your hands. Mm-hmm. And he got clean. Yeah. Because his wife leaves in the documentaries. His wife leaves with, I think, Sue Calico. Calico, yeah. And says, I, we can't live with this. She can't be around this. You have to get straight up mm-hmm. or, we're, or we're done. And that must have been the wake-up call right. that he needed. Yeah. Because then he did. But, uh, but before he did, he recorded an, another album with Bob Ezrin called Dada. And it's got a song on here that is so creepy. It's called Formerly Warmer. <laughs> what if you say it, Formerly Warmer? Yeah, Formerly But listen, it's about, it's about a guy that lives upstairs in this house. Lady, you hear this creepness? Creepness isn't even a word. It is now. Creepness. In an upstairs room. Under lock and key. It's like from a John Carpenter soundtrack. It's my brother, Formerly The mops and brooms keep him company. Misconceived of the family. Misconceived of the family. That's what I think happened. I think his brother... Somebody shot him. There's a hole in his head. I think his brother might have had... Uh, have, have been born with issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like maybe he was... Uh, maybe he was... Uh, oh, what do I want to say? What do I want to say? He was... Uh, he would, now they would call him special needs. Right. And I think the family couldn't deal with that. 
And so I think they killed him and they, and they him stuck him and up and stuck the him up in the attic. attic and everyone thinks he's just still up there. And maybe they even tell this younger brother, yeah, your brother, he's upstairs. He's fine. But right. this, the brother sneaks up sometimes and takes a peek at what's going on up there. And he's all wrinkled because he's decaying. And no dreams come in or out. No, no, because he's dead. Because he's dead and he's formerly warmer. It's so creepy. And then <laughs> one more quick from this. This is called No Man's Land. Because, but it has that creepy song. And then he gets one of these, again, one of these. Playing Santa because the suit fit him. So then, uh, so then after Dada, it's just he just this is when then he gets clean and he's gone. He's gone for three years, and then he gets signed onto MCA Records. Mm-hmm. Gets a song in uh, in one of the Friday the Thirteenth films called uh, the song's called Man Behind the Mask, mm-hmm. and he releases an album called Constrictor. He's working with uh, at the time before he was Winger. Kip Winger played bass on this album mm-hmm. and he's got this guitarist called Kane Roberts. Who's like a big muscle guy. It's yeah. like Arnold he's Schwarzenegger yeah. playing guitar and he's he, still muscly and he just, and this is the first time Alice will perform sober mm-hmm. Cause in the documentary. He says, I don't know if I didn't know if this character would work sober. Right. And it does. Cause he finds as soon as he gets on the stage, that's the only drug he needs to bring this character out. Right. And so this album is called constrictor. It's uh, it's it's really a, it's like a heavy metal. Like he was trying to fit in with what was going on in 1986, 87 mm-hmm. at the time. So let's hear a song. This is a song called "Crawling" from Constrictor. Works with uh, producer Bo Hill, who worked with Rat and a bunch of metal bands of that uh, of that time period. And then the follow up to that was also on MCA. It's called Raise Your Fist and Yell, and he works with Michael uh, Wagoner as producer, who produced Skid Row. Mm-hmm. So he's totally embracing. Hey, look, I want to get some, metal, I, I yeah. want to get airplay. So mm-hmm. this is what I have to do. So you picked a song off here called Gale. Yeah, it was co-written by Kip Winger. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, and it's creepy, right? Yeah, it is. You know, Kip right now is doing like opera. He wrote an opera. He's a friend of ours, too. That guy's too good looking to be around. He's good looking. He is good looking. Mm-hmm. I don't want He's to really around. nice, though. He's. That's, he, that's, we I'd could rather, get Kip Winger on your show. I'd rather have him be a dick. I don't need him. I mean, he doesn't quite look like the Playgirl days anymore. Right. He's just, he's, but he's good looking. He got he, This guy like him and Bon Jovi, they just get all the. Bon Jovi, good looking. <laughs> he's crazy good looking. He's an egomaniac, though. Is he? Yeah. I don't know that for sure. Like, I don't, I don't know him in person. I think Mick Jagger is good looking, and I know everybody else would go. <laughs> Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger, 2000, 
14 McTaggart? Yeah, there's something about him. Mm-hmm. I would still, I would, Ted, I would. Teddy's good looking. I would, Mick Jagger. Your husband's good looking. He's, he's got, good looking, Teddy's yeah. got he's good the looking. greatest hair He in has the more world. hair than any man He can wear, He can do pompadour, <laughs> he can dreadlock it, he can do all these things. He's got a lot of hair. All That's right. a Greek. Let's, just, let's listen to, let's listen to little Gale. Not little Gale, it's called Gale. <laughs> on the spot where her body did rest. What death? Yeah. In the slide seeped in the soil from the knife in her chest. I mean, lovely. The, well, the other guy had a hole in his head. Yeah. Time in her skeletal jail. <laughs> The bugs. <laughs> <Remember> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of weird, right? That's very weird. It's weird, but I like it. <laughs> and then here's uh, and then here's a flip side of that. This is a song I love on this album. Uh, this is called "Give the Radio Back." So uh, Alice is coming back. He's gaining an audience again. And then in 1989, it all clicks again, I think. To me, this is the big this is the big comeback. Well, yeah, because I think then he became sort of a... Uh, now he's seen Alice Cooper cultural icon. Yes, he's iconic and, and, now. And they, uh, they embrace that. They embrace him. And all the people that, uh, that have come after him... Like, you know, like, you know, your Bon Jovi's and, and uh, well, they didn't come after him, but I mean, like, st- everyone wants to work on this album. Mm-hmm. Joe Perry and Steven Tyler and Steve Lukather and Richard, Richie Sambora, all these people come out. It's produced by Desmond Child and the album's called Trash and he has a gigantic hit mm-hmm. with this song called Poison. Your cruel your also another cold Ethel yeah. sort of reference in this. Yep. Still plays the song in concert. And he just keeps uh, he just keeps riding that train. The next album to follow that up was Hey Stupid. And let's hear a little bit of Feed My Frankenstein. Well, I am evil. I'm just good looking. 
This, this set, what'd you say? Uh, Murray wanted me to tell everyone that that was on uh, in Wayne's World. Yes, Murray, we know that. <laughs> That's why Murray's not here right now. <laughs> um, and the people that are on this album, Slash is on it, Ozzy, uh, everybody, Joe yeah. Satriani, Steve Vai, Nikki Six, Mick, Mick Mars, Mars, Vinnie Moore from UFO. Uh, songs are co-written with Desmond Child. I mean, it's... That's a crazy lineup. It's of a crazy lineup. Good. Of good stuff, exactly. <laughs> um I want to get to, I don't know, what are so many songs? How many songs? We've played 36 songs. Right wow, we have like already? That. We have. We How got long it. have we been here? Six days? We've been here six days. You think it's <laughs> overload for the listener at home? Are they over? <laughs> should, we, uh, should we skip any? I don't want to skip Brutal Planet. I don't want to skip uh, Dragon Town because Teddy plays on this Do albums. a little, okay, well, you know, Lost in America. Well, it's hard to tell. Play Lost in America. This is the album that followed Hey Stupid. This is uh, an you album called this and Last then... Temptation. Then we'll go into the heavier stuff. And then I swear we'll be done. Yeah, this is a great song, though. Lost in America. I can't get a girl because I ain't got a car. I can't get a car because I ain't got a job. This song when the song came on the radio before the album came out, I just I went fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What is? When can I get it? I need this." And then for me, the album's a little uneven, but the songs yeah. I love, I love. Like I love Sideshow. Yeah, it's a good. When song. we saw him at the House of Blues, he opened mm-hmm. with that. I love It's Me, which was co-written with Tommy Shaw and Jack Blades. Lost in America is amazing. I mean, it's got it's got some great songs, but as an album, it doesn't work for me. But I, I still like. Uh, there's a couple good ones. Couple Can't good, have yeah. all hits. Can't have all hits. No, no. I mean, it's just a, a song just like Lost in America is just crazy good. Yeah, it's a really good song. But so now, uh, 2000, he takes a long time off between, it's 94 to 2000. Mm-hmm. I think that's his biggest break between albums. Yeah. And he comes back with, uh, what, what, what do you call this? This is so, this is really heavy. These two albums are really heavy. Brutal Planet and Dragon Town. But what do you, is this, it's not industrial metal, but kind no, of, it's, what would you call it? Post-apocalyptic metal. I but made that up. But it's super heavy. <laughs> yeah, it is. And this is the first tour that... I wasn't a big fan of it, frankly. But yeah. it is the first tour that my husband played yeah, with Alice. And Eric Singer's on drums on this yeah. album and on tour. Oh, God, I love that Eric It was a good Singer. stage show. I mean, the show was good. He always does really good staging yes. and stuff. Um, and, and didn't Teddy have his hair blonde at that point? Oh, Punked please. Up? That was horrible. He shouldn't have. He looked like Ethel Merman. He should never have his hair blonde. <laughs> That's funny. Let's hear the title track. Let's hear Brutal Planet. It's heavy. We're only human. We were born to die. Without the benefit of reason why. We live for pleasure to be satisfied. And now it's over. There's no place to hide. Why don't you... Come down to it's such 
And then a year later, he's got uh, he's got Dragon Town, and Lisa picked this one: Sex, Death, and Money. Because what else is there? Right. Hopefully not in that order, though. No. <laughs> We're just moving along. We're just chugging along now. Uh, was Teddy on the um, Eyes of Alice Cooper tour also? Um, yes. Oh, he's on and the he album, too. he played on this album. Yeah. Yes, he does. He keyboards, percussion, accordion on the song that didn't rhyme. He plays accordion. Yeah, I know, right? So you got an accordion at your house. Oh, we have like five accordions. That's too many. <laughs> Enough for a we'll come over. Is he out of town? Let's go to you. We'll go. I'm going to come, come over, over there. And we'll just have we'll a on polka eBay. party. We'll just put him oh, on eBay. Oh. <laughs> you know Weird Al is going to come over and buy those. The next time Teddy leaves, I would love for you to come over and we think... just have a big eBay clearance sale oh, because I, I got so it. much crap in our house. Weird Al has five accordions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know he probably doesn't. Uh, we have, I, and Teddy loves buying accordions on eBay, by the way. Like, he just buys his what, own. Yeah, what if yeah, we list one? On, and we just he just buys his own. He wouldn't even know. I used to have one. He like wouldn't that. know. Uh, uh, Two thousand three. Uh, Teddy's on this album. I love this. This is one of my favorite Alice Cooper albums. I tout this. Really? From yeah, I love really? it. I love the eyes of Alice Cooper. Interesting. So let's. Uh, I love his eyes too. I love the old black eyes. Mm-hmm. But let's listen to. Uh, we're gonna hear Novocaine, and then Lisa, of course, you gotta hear Detroit City. Please, we gotta hear Detroit City. It's a good way to wrap it up too. When I was dare you. <laughs> Someone wants to leave. Got three stitches in my head. It hurt like hell. I saw the blood. I felt the pain. I'd like to feel it once again. Cause I don't feel it. Okay. Tell you what we're gonna do. We will play we will play the show out with Detroit City. But I want to touch, uh, I wanted to, then, then he had Dirty Diamonds, which mm-hmm. was a pretty good album. He, Along Came a Spider was a concept album about mm-hmm. a serial killer, which had some good tracks on him, but didn't hold up that well for me. But I do want to play two tracks off of his most recent CD called Welcome to two, My Nightmare with my number nightmare. two. Mm-hmm. It was the sequel. Clever. And, clever. And he, and again, I'm going to play a song that's funny, Alice Cooper, and then I'm going to play a song that's really, really dark. And, and, and the song that's really dark has members of the original Alice Cooper band on it. Yeah. They played like on three tracks on this Well, album. this is when they kind of came together, and yeah. then he did the whole, because, you know, right around this time was the uh, induction into the Hall, the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. And so, so together. that band was, you know, getting recognition at that time. And by the way, let me just add, one of the reasons why I think I liked Alice Cooper from the very beginning, mm-hmm. funny. Yes. His songs are really funny. And I always saw the irony and the humor yep. in everything that he sang. And that's pretty cool for a little kid. Yeah. And parents never understood it. No. Maybe. But you did at 10. At 10, I saw the humor. This, uh, <laughs> the humor's right uh, here front and center on a song called <laughs> Ghouls Gone Wild. <laughs> we're going to have a bash and we're glad you finally got here. Because we're on Trash and the band is really hot, yeah. We're gonna dance our heads up and we're gonna keep it tight. If we keep ourselves together, we might make it through the night. Ghouls gone wild. 
I wish the original I Alice, why doesn't the original Alice Cooper band tour just like James Taylor and Carol King did with uh, when they did their Troubadour tour with the original band? That would be that would be pretty so cool. So amazing. Well, one of them is sort of like missing in action. I think it's is it Dennis. Well, let's find them. But like, you know, when they did the, um, we saw Alice speak when he did the super duper Alice Cooper evening yeah. and other people like, you know, cause people in the movie gave uh, little cameos yes, yes, yes. and one was missing. Oh, am I thinking it's Dennis? They're, they're like, he's missing in action. I think he just wants to go do his own thing. Oh, okay. I don't think he would want to do the tour, but maybe I hope I'm not mis- misquoting who That's it okay. is, but we'll whatever. Okay. This song, uh, the original Alice Cooper band plays on this. Uh, this is called, this is about. This is about a bad dad. This is about a bad husband. And uh, the song's called When Hell Comes Home. So when this guy's out drinking. It's bad it, news, it's baby. It's bad news when he comes home. So let's hear a little bit of When Hell Comes Home. Mommy says that everything is fine. Mommy hides her bruises all the time. She always makes excuses, but I know that she is lying. that song too in the car when I first got the CD I'm, you know Ghouls Gone Wild a couple fun songs a couple rocking songs I'm like oh boy he can still do it to me he's got to throw a bad guy in there I know he really does <laughs> um, Lisa where can we find you You, I know you were in the middle of writing a book or you finished your book I just finished it so what it's, happens it's, where's I'm this sending book sending it out to? well I have it out to a few people right now just to give me a first uh, sort of opinion on it and then I'm going to do my final edits and then um, sending it on to some people so do you have a, do you have a book deal? Not yet, but, um, my book is about just really quick. It's about, uh, it's called 14 days and yes. it's about my mom's last 14 mm-hmm. days. And I used to work with Mitch album yes. for many years. That guy's um, written a couple books. He's that written people a couple like. of yeah. books, just a couple, 45 million. No, no big deal. Um, uh, and you know, he's like the king of the death genre. Yeah. So he has offered to, um, help me. Okay, cool. So, um, I'm well, that should be that a lot that of brings something. He so, did the foreword for my book. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. And um, I'm sure not an easy book to write. No, it wasn't. But I mean, there's funny parts in it, too. Sure, it's not of just, course. It's, 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 you know. Yeah, because you're funny. Yeah, so was my mom. She was really funny. Yeah, and I love the pic- I love the fist bump picture. Fist bump picture. I love it. I'm hoping they'll let me use that on my cover. But I talked to one, one publisher who was interested, but they mm. didn't want to use that as the cover. Why and not? I, I, got, I was sullied to them. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm sort of insistent that that somehow be, and, and he's like, that's not what, you know, you, that, that's not a cover of a book. Yeah, I'm you like, think, you think Alice Cooper let people tell him not like, to what to yeah, put on his album cover? And I'm like, I'd rather self-publish than not let me use this. Yeah, exactly. It's I agree with you. important that I use that element. It is important. That's, mm-hmm. That that picture tells a lot. That picture Just tells the, the picture. whole story of those 14 days. Yeah. You know, and he couldn't see that. So I'm like, okay, then, then you're not for me. And, uh, well, when that book comes out, please let us know and okay. we'll, or I'll know, I'll know cause you'll post about it and I I'll talk about it. And, uh, and com. That's my, and you're not on Twitter. You're not a Twitterist. I'm on Twitter, but what's your Twitter? It's like shouting into an empty room. What is it? Lisa Goich. Lisa Goich. How'd you get that? (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to get really. Uh, I had to buy it back from somebody. Thank you for coming in here and talking about Alice Cooper. 
thank and you for having everyone, me to talk about Alice everyone Cooper. at home. I know we we hit you with so many Alice Cooper tunes. Uh, but I hope you're digging it, and I hope you go to iTunes, and I hope you buy some of these. And see Super Duper Alice Cooper, because I think Super that'll Duper explain the whole story. That's the perfect uh, you know, introduction it to really him is. if you don't know much yeah, about it. Yeah, and him. you'll love it. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, follow us at Rock Solid Show on Twitter. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Dotson Funny. You can follow me yeah. at Pat underscore Francis. And uh, go to the Facebook page and like us. Write a nice review on iTunes. Um, Lisa... Great to see you. Pat, awesome to see you. Kyle, and, Kyle come on. Nice to meet you, Kyle. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to help you with that breakup. Don't you worry. Oh, Terrific. <laughs> Send and, you a book. Uh, let's play us out with a song about Lisa's uh, town, Detroit City. <gasps> Do it. Silver bullet.